Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Friday, the 26th of January. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free, 800 747 3733. Got a great show planned today. We're going to have a lot of fun. We did it, everybody. We made it to Friday. We got to the weekend. I got a huge weekend going on. Now, obviously, we got the championship games. It's championship Sunday. Playoffs, baby. And the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. You got the 49ers and you got the Lions. You got the Ravens and you got the Chiefs. You want to get in on the action, obviously. And Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So we got Championship Sunday. We have both of our local teams in action, obviously. We'll get to the Heat in second. I mean, what a piss poor job last night. Kind of expected. And WWE SmackDown is here tonight. In Miami, Royal Rumble is tomorrow. Tropicana Field, St. Petersburg. I'm going, me and my son, we're getting in the car. We're going tomorrow to Tropicana Field. I'm very excited for a Royal Rumble tomorrow night. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to be we're, we're going to be heavy today as far as the pro wrestling goes. We're going to get everybody ready for it. We're going to talk to Jonathan Hood, ESPN Chicago, but also Good Karma Wrestling on Thursday nights. And Busted Open every Sunday, the premier pro wrestling show, Sirius XM Fight Nation, Busted Open. Jonathan Hood, he hosts on Sundays. He's going to stop by the show today. I'm looking forward to him making his debut on the show. And our guy Peter Rosenberg, one of our favorites, Hot 97 in New York, ESPN New York, Michael K show. 
He's got the Cheap Heat podcast on the ringer. Also, WWE, he's on his way to St. Petersburg. We haven't spoken to Peter in a couple months. He's one of our favorites. Peter Rosenberg going to be on the show today. We're going to get to him actually in a few minutes here. So we're going to be very pro wrestling heavy like we've been throughout the week. Uh, The pro wrestling fan loves it. It's a major, major weekend. But of course, we got to start things off with the really important stuff. And that means your Miami Heat. Here's the thing. So the Heat get their shit kicked in by the Celtics last night. 143 to 110. Most points the Celtics have ever scored uh, against the Heat. Most uh, uh, biggest point differential, I think it was, for the Celtics over the Heat. Just an all-around disaster. Now, if you want to take a positive, you say, all right, the Heat got a little bit of their mojo back offensively, especially from three-point range. And I understand the Celtics are a juggernaut. I mean, they're 35-10 on the year, but they're not undefeated. And scoring 143 points is an embarrassment. And you know what? I'm not even mad about it because... Maybe that's what this Heat team needed. Maybe they need to be embarrassed on their home floor, on national television, for somebody to start giving a shit. Because, well, I don't think they've been giving a shit the last few games, and I'm not saying that's necessarily the case last night. It's not one of those deals where, oh, if they don't care, I don't care, I'm not going to watch. But when you allow 143 points, and the Celtics are undeterred, getting to the rim. That's a toughness issue. That's an effort issue, all right? That's an energy issue. And that's not Miami Heat basketball. So maybe last night was a little bit of what they deserved. You deserve to get your shit kicked in and embarrassed on the home floor, on national television, against your biggest rival. Is this the way you want the season to go? Time to turn around. The front office did their part. They got rid of a bum. And they brought you in a player that's certainly going to help offensively. Now it's time for you to do your part. We can't... Jimmy, we're looking straight at you. I love you, Jimmy. But we're looking straight at you. Time to get on board. Time to be trying every single night. Enough missing games. It's time to get this thing going. They were 24-16. and 16. You felt good about it. They were a season best 8 games over 500. And now you blew it. 24-21. and 21, Five game losing streak. You, you think I need that shit in my life right now? Five game losing streak. Tomorrow, they're at the Knicks tomorrow afternoon. And here's the part, like like I said, I'm not even bothered by last night because they deserve to get embarrassed and hopefully this will be a tipping point. But the part that bothers you the most last night is not what happened last night. It's the losses to Toronto. It's the loss to Atlanta. You go back... This is why blowing games at Toronto, terrible effort. Against Atlanta, terrible effort. I mean, look, Orlando's a good team, so it is what it is. But this is why those two losses are games that you can't stomach. You could stomach losing the Celtics, who beat everybody. But you're sitting here with a five-game losing streak when the fact of the matter is there's no excuse in this stretch losing at Toronto. No Pascal Siakam. It was the day after he got traded. And losing at home to Atlanta, who suck. And they had no Trey Young that day. That's the part that bothers you about last night. It's not getting smoked by the Celtics. It's the other losses during this stretch. So the Heat deserved what they got last night. They did. You don't hear me normally say that. They got exactly what they deserved last night. So maybe it ends up being a good thing. Jaime Jaquez Jr., does he return tomorrow afternoon? 
he will be a welcome uh, uh, addition to the rotation when he's finally set to go. What's he missed? Four or five games in a row now. Terry Rozier struggled again last night. You're not worried about that because, like I said, in the first game, too, he gets to the basket. He attacks. He plays uh, He plays with an energy. He plays with, with an aggression that this team needs. But defensively, you know, they've been so bad offensively in these previous four games. Last night, the offense was okay, and the defense was the one that didn't show up. They were never in this game. I mean, I know, what was it, early in the third quarter, like they cut it to eight, or maybe I was late in the second quarter. Terrible job by the Heat last night. A lot of Celtic fans in attendance. That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. Last night I was doing, during the first half, I was doing, we did a bonus episode of It's Still Real to Me. That's my pro wrestling show. So if you were on the live stream, always appreciate that. If you're looking for your Royal Rumble preview, we did a bonus episode of It's Still Real to Me last night. You can go back and watch it on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show. Please make sure you have the notifications on. You click the, the like, subscribe button, whatever the hell it is they do. Or obviously, wherever you're listening to Zaslow Show 2.0 right now, you can listen to last night's bonus episode of It's Still Real to Me. I would obviously appreciate that. All right, so it's Friday. I am going to have to tell you what are the big games and what are the not big games. All right, so don't go anywhere. That's obviously coming up. I wanted to do a little bit of the heat off the bat. We'll get to... No spoilers. We'll get to Championship Sunday during big game, not a big game. But like I said, this is a huge pro wrestling weekend. Let's get right to it. Okay, we have a major pro wrestling week, a major sports weekend. We got the championship games. Championship Sunday, obviously. But Royal Rumble. I mean, come on. Tonight, Kaseya Center. Final SmackDown, final stop before Royal Rumble. Tomorrow night, St. Petersburg Royal Rumble. I'm super excited. It'll be my third Royal Rumble I've ever attended. And Peter Rosenberg joining us here. Now, he's all over the place, obviously. Uh, he's got the K show. He's all over WWE. He's got You got the new show with Michelle Beadle. I mean, I can't keep track. You're wearing a bunch of different hats here. How do you have time to hop on board with me and talk a little bit wrestling, Peter? Well, because you're, you're a great guy. Um, and this is a fun subject. So now this is, this has kind of become a, a tradition. You usually call me up for, you know, two or three of the big ones every year. We jump on here and preview it. And, uh, it helps me get my stuff together before I got to work this weekend. Thank you. Have you, have you had your agent call WWE yet to, to say, listen, I need a bump when this Netflix money comes in. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. You should say that. No, uh, I, I, I am. Listen, I, I very much want to stay there for a long time, and I, I, I definitely sent my agents the news. I said, they, they were aware. Um, obviously, for me at this point, it wouldn't have a direct impact as, uh, you know, the PLEs will continue to be on Peacock. Um, but certainly, it's a thrilling time to be a part of the company. And, you know, even beyond sort of my specific on-air stuff that I do for them over the last eight years, and really even longer I've developed a relationship with so many different departments that I'm, you know, involved with. So I really do, you know, I'm very happy about the level of success. It's very cool. You know, there was a period here that I'm sure you remember and and spoke about, Jonathan, like the uh, when there were the rumors about where the rights deals would go. There was a lot of nervousness about where it was going to happen and, you know, oh, what's it going to mean for the future of the business? And it just seems like. Um, you know, as kiss assy as this sounds and as much of a shill as I sound like 
you just got to really say to, to Triple H and Nick Khan that they are knocking it out of the park. It, it just seems like each deal they make is is smarter and better. And if you're involved in this company at all, I, I can't imagine how you see the Netflix deal is not a really, really positive thing. I, I think I know more people in my life currently with Netflix uh, than USA. It's possible. So how could it be a bad thing? I'm stoked about it. Is it possible that they're going to move Raw off of Mondays? You know, it's funny. I, I heard that that's out there, that they have not like locked in a day yet, because I guess what it'll lead to is a conversation with Netflix about where they think the best day for streaming would be. Um, I, I don't think they would, but at the same time, I don't know, man. That Monday Night Football, yeah, six months a year, I just at times think, like, why? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you be better off on Tuesdays? Yeah. So, like, it, it just seems to me that if you have to deal with Monday Night Football for six months a year, I'd at least consider it. It's not like we as fans are not going to follow it wherever it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's we're, – we're – I mean, there's so much out there. AEW, even uh, TNA Impact Wrestling, NJPW – there's so much out there, and then you see this deal: ten billion, uh, five billion dollars, ten years. Netflix, WWE. I mean, we're we're in. This is the boom period, right? I think this is another one. Uh, I think this is the third true boom. And in this case, I what I'm trying to figure out is what is the ceiling here? You know, where can this thing go? Because it, it seems to keep getting bigger and more mainstream and more widely acceptable. And so I'm just curious to like, what is the highest height this thing can go to? Um, so it, that part's fascinating. I mean, here's, here's, I guess the reality I'd say is this, if we're, if we're being, if you look at it numbers wise, in terms of the amount of people consuming wrestling, I still don't think we have surpassed where we were in the attitude era. Now, when you think about the fact that at one point Raw was getting fours and fives and, and Nitro was doing the same, you were talking about eight, nine million people were, yeah. were consuming wrestling on a Monday night at that time. I've often wondered, like, where did all those people go? Because now we're down to a couple of million people who consume it on a nightly basis. So maybe a next goal for this boom period would be getting it back to the point where at least WWE says, hey, we don't have 2 million people watching on Mondays. We have 5 million people watching on Mondays. And I think that is starting to become a more realistic thing as they understand and navigate the streamer world. And and my guess is they'll be ahead of it. I mean, let's be honest. There was a lot of controversy when WWE took the, the Saudi deal a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Yep. A lot of controversy. That deal has aged from a public consciousness standpoint, like fine wine, everyone is taking the money. Now. They're always ahead and, of the curve. They're always ahead of it. And so it's the same thing here. You know, I, wow, you're going to move this huge episodic live show to a streamer. They're doing it first and they will not be the last. And, and I think they will do very well because of it. So I, I have a lot of faith in these guys, man. I really do. This Royal Rumble this weekend, I am very excited. It'll be the third I've ever attended. I was there in 91 during the uh, the Gulf War. Slaughter won the title. Hogan won the Royal Rumble. I was there in 16. Triple H, every uh, Roman had to defend against everybody. Triple H won the title. And now I'm bringing my younger son. It'll be his first Rumble. 
And I, so it'll be my first one in a stadium. And I think this is going to be awesome this week. I think there is so much going on with this Royal Rumble. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I really don't have a good pick. I mean, you end up sort of finding yourself just stated, restating the obvious, right? Like Cody Rhodes, you know, CM Punk. But really, there's an endless array of possibilities when you think about I stopped thinking about the winner a few years ago, and I started thinking more about the final four. And what does that mean? Because sometimes it's a lot easier to pick the winner than it is to pick the final four. And I'm very excited to see what they do. You have to imagine CM Punk and Cody Rhodes, if they weren't already going to be in there at the end, after that magical segment with them on Monday, you just have to imagine those two guys are going to have their moment in the ring at the Rumble. But who else is there at the end? I mean, it, it's it's been a monster year for, for Gunther, obviously. That wouldn't surprise anyone. Is it a returning Brock Lesnar? Obviously, people will speculate that The Rock is going to come back. Is that realistic or not? I, I don't know. Um, and then who is sort of that wild card in the Final Four? You know, do we see a Montez Ford? you know, whose new TV show with his wife starts in a couple of weeks. Do we see Montez Ford finally take that big step? Uh, a guy that I've kept an eye on recently a lot on SmackDown has been Santos Escobar. Who is that guy who is a Dominic Mysterio, who, after having a gigantic year, has been a little bit lost in the sauce recently? Um, so there are a lot of interesting possibilities, and that's sort of what I'm what I'm looking for on Saturday. Dominic's an interesting one, but where do you think Tom and Nick will land? That's a great point. I mean, yeah, you have to worry not only about Tom, but Nick, who's also dangerous. Unbelievable. And, I mean, it's so so good. It's so good what he's doing. And what right and now. what is the and what is the R Truth spot gonna be in the right. role? I mean, how do how do you not give him can you imagine? Can you just imagine a world in which they at least made you think R Truth could win the whole thing? I how think crazy the crowd that place would be, would be it, they'd be so into it at the idea that Holy shit, is it possible that he's going to win? They'd be so into it. You're dead on. Oh, I would love that. I would, even if you just like somehow give him a run where you're like, you think it's going to happen, and then the judgment day eliminates him, whatever. There's so many options to make that awesome. Oh, well, there was that moment, I don't know, it was like 10, 12 years ago where the final two was Alberto Del Rio who won it and Santino Morella. And for a moment, the crowd thought Santino was about to win. Like, you, you, could, you could do a little something like that with our truth it's it's the magical thing about pro wrestling is that things that are impossible are possible and even when you know better than to think something could happen there's always that chance what if the craziest of things happens i mean you don't ever go into a sports season and the worst team in the league wins the title like that does not happen it is impossible i mean we are staring here at at a really fun championship weekend. And I would say 90% of football fans assume we will see San Francisco, Baltimore. And I will also say 75% of fans thought we'd see San Francisco, Baltimore when we got to the playoffs. It it generally is going to go the way it's supposed to go. Well, and that's, that's why pro wrestling, wrestling is the best where, you know, if you're going to travel to see your favorite sports team play in the AFC or NFC championship game, you might spend a ton of money and it might your team may get their shit kicked in and it might be terrible. If I travel to go see pro wrestling, 
they are programming the night for me to have the best possible time. Like I'm guaranteed to have a great time on Saturday. There is nothing that's going to prevent that. That's why pro wrestling's the best, man. Do you have a favorite Royal Rumble moment growing up? Um, let's see. I mean, I tend to go when I think when I think Rumble, I tend to go ninety-two. Yeah. Uh Ric Flair. It, it's I don't know at the time what I thought, but I know now looking back on it to think about that moment, which would end up to it would end up being such a brief moment in time. The the WWE run of Prime Ric Flair. It was such a short window and the best moment was clearly that. I mean, he had he had the Mania match with Macho Man. That was cool too, but really this was the highlight of maybe the greatest of all times only run in that era of WWE. And the fact that he, what did he do? I think he came in third yeah, and then goes the whole way. It, it's that's there. Um, obviously the Rey Mysterio one, if you go a little bit later, the Rey Mysterio win, I think is, is tremendous. Um, but I don't know, man, I've had, so, it's, it's, it's rarely a fail. Like I've had a couple of rumbles, there was that middle 2015, obviously, people did not enjoy the Roman win in Philadelphia. We, we know that. Um, it'll be interesting to see the role Roman comes in and plays in Philadelphia at Mania 40 this year when you think about the history of Philadelphia with what a nightmare 2015 was. But during that era, 13, 14, 15, there were some, there were some wonky rumbles there. Uh, but by and large, man, it, it always works. You think we're getting rock in Philadelphia? Oh, I I, I do. You know, I, I've been hearing people recently suggest that it won't be for a while and that this is a much longer play, you know, given maybe the, the board member thing that there's some, you know, this is some sort of long-term play, the Netflix deal. I, I'm, I'm not overlooking it. Like I, I'm looking at it. Plain Jane, the guy came out, made a point to call out Roman Reigns. He now clearly is back in with the company in a real way. It's WrestleMania 40. It's a nice round number. It's a great city to do it in. The business is booming. Like, to me, to wait another year when it's sitting right here, uh, I don't see it. I think it's this year. We'll get right back to the conversation, guys. But first, I want to tell you, if you're thinking about getting a new car, I'm sending you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. Yeah, I'm talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model. You are sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Plus, all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles come with a lifetime warranty, so you know that you're covered. Hey, Maybe you just want to get your current vehicle serviced. Luckily for you, did you know that at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they service all makes and models? That's right. So either way, you're going to be treated like royalty when you go to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And with prices less than many of those small shops, you can service with confidence at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. You're getting an exceptional experience every time you walk in the showroom doors at that brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. You know which one I'm talking about. It's that beautiful building. 
building. You could see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. The only car dealership I endorse here on Zaslow Show 2.0. And that's because I want to make sure you guys get the best deal around. Go to NFLSubaru.com. That's NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. The location you know with an experience you'll love. Does it need to have the title involved? Or can you see a scenario this Saturday night where Roman loses? It's hard for me to picture Roman losing at this point. I mean, I, I think it's hard for all of us, especially to see him losing it in like a wonky fatal four-way yeah. with people that he has like some story with, but not like a huge story with. Yeah. But at the same time, are the Roman fans, and let's just be real, the adult hardcore Roman Reigns fans are an odd bunch. <laughs> Because I'm because I'm a Roman Reigns fan, yeah. and I'm an adult, but I mean the ones who like obsessively have their finger up, and they're like older than Roman Reigns. Like I'm talking about full on adults. The ones who think they, he's actually a tribal chief. Yeah, it seems that way, and and who actually believe he's bigger than Hulk Hogan. He's the biggest who's ever walked the planet. No one should ever beat him. Those people are never going to be satisfied with the result. So. I, it, it could happen in a wonky way this Saturday as well as it could another time because I don't think they're ever going to want it to happen. And and truthfully, no, I don't think the title has to be involved with The Rock at all. And I, I think there are people who would argue it's better if the title's not involved um, because to have the title involved is to like kind of tip the, the hand of people that oh. Roman's going to retain. Yeah, I think you could have it. I think the title always makes things seem bigger. I think you could not have it. It's not like it's not like they would never put the the title on the rock. Why, why not? Especially now. Why wouldn't they put the title on the rock right now? If he's going to be a board member and be around for a while, why wouldn't? I mean, would it be the worst thing in the world that the rock carries the title for six months? I mean, so the title being involved to me is, is more of a plus than a minus to me. The men is very hard to predict. Do you have a prediction for the women? Man, you know, I, I feel like in some ways that's harder, right? Because you have to imagine we're getting Becky and Rhea at this point at WrestleMania. I mean, that's sort of what it feels like, right? So then that would tell you Becky goes and wins this thing and calls out Rhea. But if we already think that Becky's going to get Rhea at WrestleMania, then is it someone else winning? Bailey? That's what I'm rooting going so hard. I'm rooting so hard for Bailey to win it. I think that's where the story is. I'm rooting very hard for Bailey to win it. I agree too. I mean, we've been doing this really slow play, you know, Bailey being sort of exiled. Mm -hmm. it, doesn't it make sense for her to sort of have the moment and then call it out? And then you get probably baby face Bailey again. Mm -hmm. Give me the give me the Bailey buddies. Give me all of that for a minute at least at WrestleMania. I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, excellent job as always, Peter. I'm super appreciative of your time. Tell everybody what you got going on, especially your new show with Michelle Beadle. Go ahead. Yeah, the new show with Beadle is a really fun podcast. We do it uh, every week. Um, and it's basically her and I covering mostly sports, but we do hit pop culture. We did hit the Rumble this week. So, but the theme of the show is a Royal Rumble-themed show. Every topic comes in. If it survives, it advances. If it's not good enough, it gets eliminated. And the end result is just uh, me and my good friend, and I think somebody everybody loves, Michelle Beadle, just shooting the the you-know-what for an hour every week about everything. And you can find it with Wondery wherever you find podcasts.
Awesome. Thank you so much, Peter. Have a great weekend, man. It's going to be really be a lot of fun. Have fun, dude. Text me when you get there. Awesome job by Peter Rosenberg. Yes, I, I will hit him up when I get there to Tampa. So tomorrow we head over to, well, actually it's St. Petersburg. So tomorrow we head on over there. Tonight you got SmackDown, Kaseya Center, which, by the way, I'm, it, it, you know I'm the Ticket Ninja. If you're looking for tickets, you go to Ticketmaster.com. I am very surprised at what kind of crowd it looks like it's going to be tonight because Miami is a terrible pro wrestling city. And that show tonight is looking like a big crowd. So very, very cool. Tomorrow's going to be 40,000 at Royal Rumble. That's going to be amazing. Excellent job there by Peter Rosenberg. I'm a big fan of his. All right. You guys know what time it is. We're going to have Jonathan Hood coming up, and we'll continue the conversation with him from ESPN Chicago and Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM Channel uh, 156 Fight Nation. But you're probably saying to yourself at this point, Zazlo, I got to know. Is it a big game or is it not a big game? Big game or not a big game, here we go. Let's start things out with tonight, 7 p.m., Bally Sports Florida. Your favorite little hockey team, the Florida Panthers, who have won six in a row on the road, are at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, the Penguins, they're next to last in the Metro. They stink. The Panthers, they broke a four-game losing skid on the road. Uh, excuse me, not on the road. Well, yeah, on the road with a win at Nashville and then back home a couple nights ago where they kicked the shit out of Arizona. So looking for a third consecutive win. you gotta got to make up those games after having the Panthers had a six-game win streak and then followed that. Was, was it six games? Was it more than that? Maybe more than that. And then followed it with a... Actually, I think it was a nine-game win streak, yeah. And then follow that with a four-game losing skid. Tonight would be three in a row. Then you start to make up for that losing streak. So to end, look, Sidney Crosby, I can't stand him. All-time great player, I cannot stand him. Evgeny Malkin, I can't stand him. And the Penguins stink this year. So, let's take advantage here. Panthers at Penguins? That's a big game. Yep, that's right. The Panthers are seven back of the division lead in the Atlantic, so they're way behind Boston, but they're second overall in the East. They're a point ahead of the New York Rangers. All right, tomorrow, 3 p.m., ABC, the American Broadcast Company, your favorite little basketball team, the Miami Heat, at the New York Knicks. Now, the Heat have lost five in a row, playing terrible basketball right now. The New York Knicks, they don't lose since acquiring OG Ananobi. The Knicks are currently fourth in the East at 28 and 17. The Heat have dropped to seventh. They are 24 and 21. Now, it's not like they're in jeopardy of dropping out of the play-in, but like we saw last year, you're playing a dangerous game. They're one back of number six, Indiana, and the New York Knicks, New York Knicks right now are looking like a sleeper in the East. I gotta get, you gotta be fair. Sometimes you gotta be fair. Heat, at Knicks, that's a big game. You know it. A rematch. I hate the Knicks, not as much as the Celtics. A rematch of last year's Eastern Conference semis that the Heat won in six games. Saturday night, 7.30, Bally Sports, Florida. Your Florida Panthers playing the second night of a back-to-back at the New York Islanders. How about this? My man Juan from Johnny Cuba 
you know it's the best beer. Official uh, uh, sponsor of our guest line here on Zaslow Show 2.0. Official beer of the program. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Uh, the best beer around. That's why I drink it here in the Zaslow Mansion on the couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room in my underwear. Always drink responsibly, and don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra states on Kilo. My man Juan, he's taking his son tomorrow. Heat at Knicks. They're in New York right now. I should tell him, do a double dip. You do Heat Knicks in the afternoon at 3 o'clock, and then you head on over to Long Island, 7.30, Panthers at Islanders. That's how you get it done. Come on, Juan, you got to do both. The Islanders stink, though. The Islanders, they're, they're right ahead uh, of Pittsburgh in the Metro division. They're fifth in the Metro. They're under 500 as well. So tomorrow night, uh, could we be looking at the Panthers trying to get a fourth consecutive win? I think so. Panthers at Islanders, that's a big game. Saturday night, 8 p.m. Peacock, WWE Royal Rumble. If you subscribed to Peacock a couple weeks ago for Dolphins Chiefs, you may as well take advantage and watch Royal Rumble tomorrow night. The winner of the Men's Royal Rumble gets a shot at the champion and main event of WrestleMania. The winner of the Women's Royal Rumble gets a shot at the champion and main event at at WrestleMania. I'm going with my son, Tropicana Field. You know we're doing a lot of pro wrestling today. We've been doing it throughout the week. Royal Rumble, it's everybody's favorite show. What's going to happen? I mean, it's. I can't wait for tomorrow night. You know what I'm talking about. WWE Royal Rumble, that's a big game. All right, everybody calm down. Sunday, 3 p.m., CBS. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. AFC Championship. Is it Lamar Jackson's time? He's already equaled his career playoff win total with last week's victory. Can he now reward the Ravens who rewarded him with the massive contract with a trip to the Super Bowl? It would be the first in his career. Patrick Mahomes, who won his first ever road playoff game last week, can he now win one in Baltimore where the Ravens, the city of Baltimore, is hosting a championship game for the first time in over 50 years? That's right. Chiefs at Ravens, that's a big game. And finally, Sunday, 6.30, Fox. NFC Championship. The Detroit Lions at the San Francisco 49ers. I think the Lions are going to shock the world. I think the Lions are battle-tested from their first couple games here in the postseason. The Lions feel a little bit like a team of destiny. Debo Samuels 50-50 tomorrow. The Niners had to squeak out the game last week against the Packers. I think the Lions are ready for this. Lions at 49ers. That's a big game. I think we're looking at Baltimore-Detroit for your Super Bowl. And that right there is another addition. A big game or not a big game. Yes. All right. All right, so huge weekend, huge pro wrestling tonight here in South Florida. We have Royal Rumble. Last stop before Royal Rumble is tonight. Kaseya Center, Ticketmaster.com. You can get your tickets. We've had superstars on the show all week. Shotzi Blackheart joined us. Austin Theory joined us. And we got Jonathan Hood joining us now, who I've looked forward to talking to. ESPN Chicago, of course, up north. 
but uh, good karma wrestling on Thursday nights, busted open weekends on Sunday on Sirius XM Fight Nation. Joining us on the show now, Jonathan, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Royal Rumble, Saturday night, it's everyone's favorite event. What, what, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most excited, what's the excitement level for this year's Royal Rumble? For me, it's like an eight or a nine, Jonathan. And the reason why is because it's so unpredictable, so wide open. I mean, you know it's exciting when when you get Michael Cole saying, this is my favorite event. He's never said that on a broadcast before. He's never said it. He says, my favorite event. And for a lot of people, the Royal Rumble is like you and me and a lot of your listeners. They love it because it, it has that, that feeling of, hey, the final four. Who's going to be in that final four? Who's going to be the final two? Who's going to go to WrestleMania? WrestleMania is kind of like for everybody, kids, women, non-wrestling fans. So some people are not into WrestleMania as much, but the Royal Rumble means more to a lot of wrestling fans than WrestleMania. So I'm right up there because this is one of the more unpredictable Royal Rumbles that we've had in a long, long time. How great is it, by the way? You know, you mentioned there Michael Cole and Michael Cole mentioning that this is his favorite event. I, I was never a big Michael Cole fan. And and now over obviously it started a little bit when McAfee joined him. And I really think it gave Michael Cole almost a, a second wind. But it also now over the last year plus must have a lot to do with Vince not being in his ear all the time, because I, I've really thought over the last year and a half, two years, Michael Cole sounds like a different broadcaster just doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, he's doing his best work because he doesn't have Vince and Kevin Dunn just bearing down on him. We never even saw the real Michael Cole until now, Zaz. We, we really did not. And because it's always in your ear, say it like this, damn it, say it like this, that kind of thing. And he's just regurgitating what Vince was saying on the headset, what Kevin Dunn told him to do. There are certain events that we've seen over the years where there was no Vince producing, like overseas someplace, where it was Michael Cole just being able to just talk about professional wrestling. But those are so few and far in between. You know that you're unlikable for the first time in wrestling. When the lead play-by-play guy is a heel, you remember this time, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the guy you're supposed to trust, the guy that's supposed to be selling you tickets, pay-per-views, come watch our show, the lead guy. Imagine Gordon Soley being a heel. Uh, imagine Jim Ross, and we saw this for a little bit, being a heel, but he was a color analyst at that time. He was playing a role. Imagine at a time where Michael Cole, the guy that's supposed to tell you, hey, come back next week, we'll tell you how excited it is. He was a heel. We've never seen that in wrestling before, only the WWE. And so I think that you're replacing a legend in Jim Ross. People resented Michael Cole because of that. Like, where's Jim? We want good old JR because he had all those great moments for Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and The Undertaker. Not saying that Cole did not because Cole was on SmackDown, did a nice job, I thought. But when you replace a legend, you're going to get that, right? People had some resentment. And then I think that they fed into that. The WWE said, hey, you know what? You're not likable. You're kind of a heel. Cole didn't want to do that, but that's the role. And so I think that he's living his best life as a broadcaster now, that he can be able to say professional wrestling and talk about other organizations and talk about the indies. I mean, that's that resonates with you and I because it's real. Mm-hmm. And in WWE fantasy land, whatever happens outside of WWE, you don't talk about it. But as a broadcaster, as you well know, you talk about the history of everything, the history of the past married to the present. That's what wrestling's always been about, and it certainly is now in WWE with Cole being the kind of guy that he wants to be. He's probably always been a great wrestling fan, but he can never express it. So Jonathan Hood's favorite, all-time favorite broadcast duo is who? 
Wow. Okay. So for, for me, I really like Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler because those are two friends in the booth. Before that, it was Jim Ross and Michael Hayes in, uh, in UWF. It was the same kind of dynamic because it's two friends going back and forth, baby face and heel announcer, and it was great. Third on that list is Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan, three guys, two guys that really loved each other. They both were in the ring um, against one another at one point. I know that they were top wrestlers. Bobby actually could go. No one really knows his ass, but Bobby actually could really go. Go back yeah. to those these tapes that guy could actually wrestle uh hogan hogan lies from time to time as you well know he can stretch the truth he said you know bobby heenan could have been world champion now that might be a little bit of a stretch for some people but he could work he could talk he could do broadcasting so he was like that five two player in professional wrestling bobby heenan um but i think that for me it's it's jim ross and jerry lawler because they rode uh in the car together they went to the airport together they ate together and they had each other's rhythm Jerry Lawler was a guy that didn't care about notes. He goes, I'll just call it in the ring. Like he didn't, he wasn't in meetings and Jim Ross had to be all concerned with the, the machinations of the broadcast and going through the notes and stuff. So I just think that dynamic of Jerry saying, yeah, when, you know, when the bell rings, I'll be ready. Don't worry about it. And Jim being overprepared, great combination. Oh, Jerry told me once that he specifically told them he never wants to know the finish to matches that he, he wants to be completely surprised while watching it, which is amazing when you think about it. Do you, ever, do you ever go back and watch old shows and now, of course, WWE Network on Peacock and, and the color commentary, specifically Bobby Heenan, and, and a lot of times when Piper was doing color with Vince, some of the color commentary, the things that they used to say, holy shit, so, <laughs> so questionable if you were to hear it on a broadcast in 2024. It's pretty wild what they used to get away with. Ah, the 90s. When you can say things that, you, you know, it's syndicated, it's around all the local markets. You say, oh, I can just get away with it. We have to do not have to edit anything. Just say what you want to say. That's the way it was back yeah. then. Uh, and so it's just, um, to me, that's the reason why that you and I, back in the day, went to the arena. Because the announcers would tell you how great the action was. It, nothing was better than Jim Ross telling you how great the action was. He was over the top to a, for a reason, for a purpose, to get you in the building, to get you to watch the pay-per-views. And so, I mean, that guy just the greatest. And now, he, when, I, when, when Jim is on and he's sharp doing color in AEW, it's pretty good because it sound bites, but it makes you think when he speaks. When he's on, he's he's pretty sharp. Even at his age right now, Saz, he actually, from time to time, will give you those that glimpse of Jim Ross in the past, like, oh, no, it makes a good point there. So, He's reinventing himself even at this age. Your favorite Royal Rumble memory is what? Ric Flair winning the championship in 92. Isn't it everyone's? Like, that's everyone's well, favorite, right? Well, I mean, uh, you know, a, a big spot, right? Big spot, big match. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And here's why. The business was on its ass at that time. If you remember, I know a lot of people look back and say, oh, remember Shawn Michaels early? Remember the Ultimate Warrior? Listen, you went from Hogan to the Ultimate Warrior. A lot of fans did not buy Warriors champion. They just didn't. They, no, they, it wasn't on the same level as Hogan. It was just Hogan was way up here, and the Ultimate Warriors trying to get there. But the kind of matches he was didn't tell the story like Hogan would. You knew the story for Hogan. Hogan starts off hot. Hogan has to fight from underneath. Hogan starts to Hulk up. Mm -hmm. Hogan gives you the leg drop. One, two, three, cups the ear, wins a championship. 15, 17 minute match, right? The Warrior comes in, runs down the ramp, shakes the ropes. Okay, 
So now he's just going at guys, Andre the Giant, and taking on Rick Rude and all these guys. And he's plowing through guys. Never told a story. It's like the Ultimate Warrior's out of his out of control. Sometimes there was the opponent that had to tell Warrior to slow down a little bit, especially Andre. And then you saw Warrior retreat. But ultimately, he was a million miles an hour. He wasn't there to tell a story. And that's why he didn't get over as much as, as Hogan. So during this time, the WWF at the time is looking for something special, something new. Like, okay, well, Ric Flair is available. He's going to be leaving WCW. You know what? Let's put the title on Hogan. Well, put the title on Flair. He's the real world champion. And actually, that worked. For the time that he was champion, it was so different because there weren't heel champions, right. let alone the kind of style that Flair had. Nah. That's why, with a tear in my eye, what he says, right? And, and, and actually was crying because he got wanted to get away from Jim Hurd and WCW. Um, yeah, you know, that was special. I mean, he lasted the entire man, the, the 60 man, a uh, 60 minute man, right? Yep. Came through and won the championship. That, and that was and it was it was a tour de force performance from Heenan, who right when Flair comes out at number three or number four, that's not fair to Flair. I mean, yeah. that was the commentary of the entire match. That's not fair to Flair. It was <laughs> an incredible performance from top to bottom by both of them. Uh, I love that one as well. And, and and you're right. It was at a period where that's why I went to the one the year before that. I was 10 years old and it was Miami Arena and mm-hmm. Warrior lost the title to Slaughter. And it was such a shocker because at that point in, in WWF, there was no such thing as a heel champion. And Sergeant Slaughter wins the title from Ultimate Warrior. Like, that was crazy to me as a kid. Uh, it was it was shocking. Uh, I think this one this weekend is going to be amazing. Do you think, is there a scenario where Roman does not leave Royal Rumble champion? Okay. So I thought that, I thought that Roman would be in Perth, Australia against The Rock. Because we kept reading that, right? Because Australia was trying to make this push for that match. You know, they have unlimited money. It would have been big for the country. It looks like that's not going to happen. No, I, I think Roman does leave as champion. I think that he'll be fine. They're trying to push all their cards in the middle of the table for WrestleMania. That's what they're trying to do. And who knows if there's going to be a title change there. I have no idea. Um, I, I think that in the offices, they want Roman to surpass Hogan and get real past him as far as amount of days as champion. And then He'll never catch San Martino. No one's catching San Martino. I mean, I, I, you and I'd be champion too if you wrestled in New York, Massachusetts, you know, uh, New Jersey, uh, in Philadelphia, and that's it. It's just like four or five states. That's <laughs> not the brute. I mean, Bruno made his bones that way. I mean, he only wrestled in the Northeast. That's all he did. That's why he was champion so long. Let me add something to that. You know, while, while you're mentioning that, and there's criticism about. Roman, they put Roman's days as champion next to Hogan's days as champion. And then you get the conversation about, well, Roman has only defended the title this many times throughout the year. Hogan defends it this many times. I know Hogan was doing house shows. He was doing two house shows a day. So he's defending the title all these many times. But was he really defending the title all those many times? There were only four pay-per-views a year, which really, and Survivor Series was not usually a title match. So he's really only defend the title a handful of times when you add in Saturday night's main event. He was never going to lose the show, the title at any house shows. So I feel like it's unfair comparing how many times Hogan was actually defending the title compared to Roman Reigns. 
And either way, Hogan still out uh, had more um, championship matchups than Roman. If you just count the pay-per-views and the Saturday night's main events, it's still more than Roman. Mm-hmm. Is it not? I mean, it is. It is on those house shows. They'd say Hogan's defending the championship. Right. They say, but you know that there was never going to be a title change without cameras. Right. It just, it just wasn't going to happen. I've said over the last years as that my world champion at WWE is Seth Rollins. It, I mean, and, and you can give Reigns an asterisk and say this is the universal championship, whatever that title reign. That's fine. But to me, the champion is Seth Rollins. Otherwise, why give him the championship? They put a championship on Seth Rollins because we in the uh, wrestling media and the fans said, hey, man, can we get a champion that can defend the championship, get him on TV, talk about it, build up a championship? Because they want to keep Roman special. I don't know if that's what Roman wanted or not, but that's what they decided to do. This is still under Vince, wanting to keep Roman special. Okay, great. My champion is Seth Rollins. That's that's what I consider. I consider the WWE championship holder being Seth Rollins. Because this whole championship, when you make it universal, there was no universal championship. It was one in Puerto Rico with Carlos Colon, but but there was no WWE universal champion. So all this seems like a whole different category. They're trying to make it seem like that this is the same championship as Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and The Undertaker and Hogan and all that. But it didn't seem like that to me. I don't know if for you, but for me, I think that Seth Rollins being called WWE champion sounds like everything we grew up with. Yeah, I'm good with it. Uh, I'm also okay with, uh, I'm especially good with it because I am okay with Roman not defending it all the time. I am okay with Roman being an attraction. And Mm -hmm. so since Roman's an attraction, I like the idea that we got another guy who has another world title. And it's a bummer, you know, that like he's not going to be defending it on Saturday night. And he's probably not going to defend it before WrestleMania because he's going to be recovering from the MCL surgery. So, which leads me to, I I was surprised. I thought he was going to drop the belt on Monday. I guess I was glad to see that he's not dropping the belt. He plans on defending it at WrestleMania. Do you have, who who do you believe is going to win the men's Royal Rumble? Who do you want to win the men's Royal Rumble? Okay. Before we get there, Zaz, I thought, and this is what I said on the record. I said, oh, this will be like Flair 92 or a couple of times where the WWE has put the heavyweight championship on the line at Royal Rumble. Boy, what kind, could you imagine what people would think in 2024 that the heavyweight championship is being held up where it wins the Royal Rumble, wins the championship? Because to me, that makes a lot of sense. At, at WrestleMania, if it's, say it's Seth and Gunter, which I don't think it is, but if it's Seth and CM Punk, Punk's winning that championship because Seth's still not going to be healthy enough to right. hold on to that championship. So drop it now, drop it Saturday, drop it WrestleMania. He's going to drop it either way, right? He's still dropping the championship. I thought on the record for sure that he would say, I can't go hand the championship over to the general manager and then the title's up for grabs. And I thought that Cody would be in that final four. I thought that CM Punk would be in that final four. I thought that um, uh, McIntyre would be in that final four. And I had like a fourth guy, but it's uh, a kid from NXT that's been getting some time. Carmelo Hayes? Yes, Carmelo Hayes. Because I always think that there is an opportunity to show showcase someone saying, hey, this guy was in the final four. He's going to be the future. Or this guy, look out for this guy this year. I thought as a, as a wild card that they'd get Carmelo Hayes in there as the fourth guy. 
and he'd be the first one eliminated, of course. <laughs> but but it's just the idea that you're showcasing a guy, you put him fourth or fifth in the rumble, let him be able to go back and forth and say, look at this kid, he's still in there. I thought they would tell that story. And so because of the, the way the Royal Rumble is laid out, Zaz, I thought that it would be, I thought it would be CM Punk winning the Royal Rumble. It very well still could be, but that was my choice initially. And who do you hope is going to win it then? I mean, I love for Cody to be in there. Okay. I mean, I, I'd love for that. Um, okay. And, and, but, you know, we need to talk about history when it comes to Cody. Zaz, so I know that we as wrestling fans today are impatient because you want it now. People are still pissed that Cody did not finish the story. At yeah, I'm not like that, by the way. Like, I, I wasn't pissed then. It was shocking, and I like shocking, so I was great with Roman winning. And yeah. I'm totally okay with Cody not – everyone's obsessed with him finishing his story right now. You know what? Like, he'll finish it when he finishes it. I'm like, I'm, I'm good with it. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because people were really mad that he didn't finish the story. Oh, yeah. But they got to realize, like, his dad was ultimately a chaser. Yep. He was time NWA champion, but he had to chase Ric Flair all over the Carolinas to get it, though. Like, like the story was Rhodes, his dad, chasing Ric Flair, disqualification matches, and then Ric Flair beating Dusty Rhodes. But then when Dusty won the championship, <sighs> throw babies in the air. Everyone's happy, right? It's like, oh, yeah. my God, he did it, right? The story was told when Dusty won the championship. But with this generation of wrestling fans, they want Cody to finish the story. If there could be another scenario where Cody could be in that main event if Rock's not going to be there, that Cody can lose again. Yeah. And that is still not complete. Like he's still trying to finish the story. I'm good and with it. It won't be any skin on his nose, though. But, but, but here's the thing you can't fight the internet wrestling community. Will they lose faith? I'm just telling you, like, that's a thing. That's a thing. Like, I think it's a small fraction of what WWE considers. Will they think, oh, man, that Cody will never finish the story? If he can't beat Roman, he'll never. Well, eventually he will be mm -hmm. champion. My prediction also is he will be champion, and maybe shortly after, or maybe a year after, he goes back to AEW. Wow, I haven't heard that yet. Wow. Well, he's like his dad. He's impatient. Okay. Uh, you remember Dusty with the polka dots, right? Yes. He's the polka dots. You know, he's a common man. He didn't have to bleed anymore. Didn't have to cut himself. Just like you know, dancing with sapphire. With my sweet sapphire. With sapphire. He's moving around. You know, he's going. He's doing all the house shows and everything else, right? Yep. But then for a while, after three years, he's like, is this all you got from events? Like, yeah, man. You know, the kids love you. The dance and the common man. I'm going back to WCW. I'm going back because I, I'm not important because I'm not in the front office. I'm not making moves. Yeah. Cody is, came there specifically to finish the story. For a Rhodes to be the heavyweight champion of WWE, he will get that story. And I'm not sure that Cody's there for the long haul. How about that? I have not heard that theory yet. That's a good job out of you there. What about the women? Who wins the women? Man. Okay. Because I can tell you, I'm hoping so bad for Bailey. God, I want it to be her time. I'm hoping for Bailey. Here, here's what I need to understand. And I, I think that that's a good choice. I, I'm, I'm a little bit dismayed at the women's division in, in WWE. It's, it's top heavy, but then... There isn't enough middle and not not enough growth in the bottom. Like, okay, so I think that Bailey's a great choice. With Charlotte out, it just makes it a little bit murky because Charlotte's not available. Because when Charlotte's there, you don't know if she's going to win the World Rumble. Will she win the championship against Rhea Ripley? Was that a match that we're going to see at WrestleMania again? I'm not sure. So I, so Bailey winning the Rumble and Bailey turning babyface 
is what I expect between now and WrestleMania or after WrestleMania. That's what I expect. And so I think that that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm also trying to figure out the right opponent for Rhea Ripley. Do we have, is that clear, Zaz, like who the opponent I, I, I think it's going to be Becky. I think that's the move. Okay. I mean, I, I've seen the back and forth. The promos uh, uh, thing they did a couple weeks ago was fantastic. Yeah. Just trying to, I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, if Becky beats, beats her, like, eh, I mean, it's okay. It's not new and fresh to me. Like, it could have been Bianca, but they haven't hinted toward that yet. No. Okay, so so then the other thing I'm looking forward to in the women's rumble is, so do we get a face-to-face with Bianca and Jade Cargill? See, I think the way they're going to introduce her, Jade Cargill's obviously going to be there Saturday night. I think the way that they introduce her is Nia Jax is in that ring throwing people out, and then Jade Cargill arrives. And that's how you get the crowd behind the new Jade Cargill, because everyone hates Nia. Jade yep. Cargill comes in there and throws out Nia Jax. All of a sudden, you got a big-time baby face. Yeah, I, I think it was interesting that she gets introduced, she gets shown around, pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, and then she just disappears. I like it. I think they did a good job with that. I like that. that that's either they did that by design or the yeah. bell rang Lando, and they go, oh, my God, who trained you? I, mean, <laughs> I, think, it could, be- I think it could have been both. Yes, that could I mean because yeah. they they put her in front of us like oh wait she's the next thing and usually how that works in WWE is hey you know what we're slowly doing the rollout and yep. you're gonna person the ring and then nothing nothing on social media nothing everything goes dark and I go man either they are doing a really slow play with her or the bell rang and they said now we gotta we gotta build you. We got to build you back up because the AEW style doesn't work for us. I think it could be both, but I also think she's going to be a massive star. Just yeah. a huge, huge star. Yeah. I think that look at that poster, Bianca and like Jade Cargill, what that looks like. Holy mm-hmm. smoke. What is that? I mean, that's amazing. And then on the other side with EO Sky. So is EO Sky in the Rumble? That's the question. Is she a part of it or she doesn't need to be, right? She must not be. She's the champion. Why does she even want to win it? You know, like. I don't think so. I, I don't think you're gonna have either woman champion competing this Saturday night, which is kind of which kind of stinks. I guess I guess I'm trying to. Well, even with that, even if she wasn't in the Rumble, I need to see her more often. Also, she's part of a faction, which is cool. Damage control is cool I, because again, is that mystery? What's gonna happen to Bailey? She's gonna get pushed out. What happens there? It's a cool faction, but it kind of overshadows EO Sky what she could do mm-hmm. once she's in the ring. You know, we talk about this on on the fringes, says, but you know what happens. Get in the ring, it's going to be a banger, whoever she faces. But I would just like to have her heated up a little bit more. Hey, she's a champion. Put her out there more often, you know? That's why I think it's got to be Bailey. That's what I think the story is. Bailey wins, there's EO's story. It's right there. That's why I think Bailey's going to win. Yeah, I just... So you think she was a transitional champion then, pretty much, EO? Essentially. I think it's to get to a really big moment for Bailey. Face turn, wins WrestleMania. Sasha's had the big WrestleMania. Charlotte's had the big WrestleMania. Becky's had the big WrestleMania. Bailey hasn't. And I think the yeah. crowd's ready to cheer for her again. Yeah. I, I, I mean, she's done a good job. I thought at the time, okay, she's she's not a heel. She's not a heel. But I remember my rant about how this is like female Cena and that, man, she could just, everything with merch and the kids love her and all this stuff. Why would you turn her heel? Why would you do that? People, I mean, people, love men love her, kids love her. Women love her. Why would you make her? It's one of those things. It's the same thing uh, with Becky Lynch at the time. Why would you turn her heel? Only to turn her babyface eventually anyway. 
I just think that that was a, a miss by WWE, but I think that the story could be told by the time we get to WrestleMania or afterwards that, you know, Bailey's back, the huggable Bailey that we remember, and she could be box office as a babyface, as I initially thought when she was in NXT. This is going to be a great show. Uh, you're not coming down, right? You're not going Saturday nights? No, we're sending Brian Rowitz down. He's, we're sending okay. him. I mean, he, I mean, he's right there in West Palm. Just just make this make the trip over. Yep. You know, I look forward to seeing it um, because it is a great event. As It's just, you know, everything that's going on with the WWE right now is fascinating because it's under Triple H's leadership, and it's just like anything can happen. You were, we, yeah, I know you remember this. Like I remember this, those takeovers from NXT. When you got, when you watched NXT, I always thought under Triple H and Shawn Michaels, I go, is anyone else watching this? Boy, this is a great wrestling show. Right. Call it territory wrestling with money. Yeah. Right. It's like the bright lights, everything else. And just, it was just about the ring. It's just about the wrestling. And then they had those takeovers, which was just amazing mm-hmm. wrestling. And people were into it to the point where some people were saying, hey, these takeovers are better than the actual paper. Totally. All the time, right? Because the in-ring was so fascinating. The storytelling was great. So under Triple H, you know, he's he's got so much on his plate. I think he's doing a really good job. He's doing a good job. And he's trying to kind of rebuild the stuff and try to push the Vince stuff from the past and just try to bring his guys back. I love the boomerang effect of Vince cutting guys and then, uh, Triple H bringing them back. Uh-huh. It's like, you can see the power shifting there, and I think it's fascinating for WWE fans. I also love, and speaking of those takeovers, one of the great things about it was there'd be five match, five matches, get me out of here in two and a half hours. And WWE for a while was doing these four-hour pay-per-views. They're too long. And now we're getting back to that, where right now, there's including the two Rumble matches, there's only four scheduled matches. Now, they may add one more, but we're getting only four or five matches Saturday night. I love it. Get me in, get me out. Time to go home, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love that because you're engaged and the matches are longer. Remember who Triple H is, as Remember he is. He comes from the Ric Flair school. He believes that the longer the match, the longer the story you could tell. Because think about Triple H's matches over the years. Remember any 10-minute matches? No, no. He would walk it and talk it and take his time. Just like his shows. You see like two and three segment matches on Raw, and you say, boy, that never happened in the past. It's because Triple H has it now. He thinks that the Ric Flair theory of take your time, unfurl a story, and be able to come to an ending. This is why this is working with the bloodline, where we're still trying to figure out what the ending is with that. It's about storytelling. It's going back to the essence of the business, of you taking your time, being able to tell a story in the match, get the drama built, and then people say, wow, I love that. I'd love to see that again. And that's just, you know, we got away from that um, in the mid-90s to late-90s where everything was a two- or three-minute match. You just move on to the next thing. Because it was Crash they, TV. I mean, Vince yeah. Rizzo said it was Crash TV. Yeah, and, but that, it didn't have to be. But yeah. that was the era. And notice how we're back to where we are now, long-term storytelling and great matches in the yeah. ring. Yeah, it's what I grew up with. Uh, excellent job. Jonathan, tell everybody how they can catch you, especially all your pro wrestling content. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Busted Open is every Sunday, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I work with Justin Labar. Uh, it's just great. Great wrestling podcast and also great radio show on Series XM by Nation Channel 156. Good karma wrestling. Uh, I've been doing wrestling content since the Monday Night Wars. Uh, and that was a great time because it was on Monday nights and, you know, it was Nitro on one TV and uh, <laughs> Raw on the other TV. And had to break it down for two hours. That was always fun. So I've been doing it since the late 90s so i love it 
And when I want to get away from his ass, you know what people say? Let's talk more wrestling. Bring it back in. They won't let you forget, right? They, the audience never lets you forget. So I also do Good Karma Wrestling as well. That's a YouTube show that we do. Good Karma Wrestling is every Thursday at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we, we put it there because we just thought we'd get a big uh, overflow of Impact Wrestling fans that would want to watch that. <laughs> that work. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> There's no such thing as a big overflow of impact wrestling fans. Right. We'll get it on at seven o'clock Eastern anyway on, on Thursday. So uh, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a previewing SmackDown and everything else uh, for the weekend of wrestling. So a lot of fun. And boy, 2024, what a year, yeah. what a year already been. I hope, and I'm going to, I'll challenge you, Zaslo. Mm -hmm. You have to be a filmmaker for this. You're going to make the 30 for 30 for wrestling in 2024. That's your job. I mean, look what we've had. It's, it's, I mean, look where we are right now, late January, on the precipice of the Royal Rumble, and we've had all these stories, all this mm. free agency. So I need you to get yourself a camera and get yourself a crew, and I want you to document every bit of this shit for 12 months and then make a mint from this. You make the 30 for 30. Go ahead. I mean, I, I think it's about, like, I think it's about the stars who are in new promotions. Like, you're obviously, you got Punk back in WWE. You're going to have Osprey in AEW real soon. Uh, where is Kazushiko Kata going to land? I think the fact that you have these moving parts where it's like free agency in professional sports, but if I was turning on the uh, the Heat game on Saturday afternoon, the Heat are playing the Knicks, and the game's about to tip off, and right at tip off, Giannis shows up in a Heat jersey. Oh my <laughs> God, Giannis is signed with the Heat. That's unbelievable. Like, that's that's what it's like. What's going on in pro wrestling right now? Just out of nowhere, you get a new star on your favorite show. Yeah, I, I just think that's great for wrestling fans, too. And there's more free agency to come. Who knows where Drew McIntyre is going to be this spring? Man, it, there's a lot of stuff that's going on here, but it makes it a lot more fun. The NWA, they have a, a deal with CW Network. I mean, we're going to see wrestling on Netflix in 2025. Yeah. I mean, it, it is bananas. But it's fun for all of us because we can consume all this content and comment on all this content. And, uh, you know, it's about time. It's about time that wrestling gets to the forefront because it's it's huge right now. Jonathan Hood, Good Karma Wrestling, busted open on Sundays. And, of course, ESPN Chicago. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us today. It's going to be a great week, and I appreciate you. All right, Zaz. Thank you for having me. Excellent job by Jonathan Hood. That was fun. We'll get him on more often. You know, next time we'll, we'll do some sports. I mean, he is on ESPN Chicago. But anyway, excellent job. And again, he hosts on Sundays the premier pro wrestling show. That, of course, being Dave LaGreca and Busted Open on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. All right. It's time for me to tell you the way that I get the best sleep every single night. You know I'm talking about Sheets and Giggles. That's right. Sheets and Giggles where you're going to get... You're not going to have to worry about where you're getting your bed sheets anymore because you're sleeping on the softest coolest, most breathable sheets around. When you go to SheetsGiggles.com, you're going to get everything you need. There's all kinds of promotions and sales always going on at SheetsGiggles.com. You pick up the bed sheets, the, the blankets, the pillowcases. I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow. You can purchase a eucalyptus mattress. I mean, look, a koala sleeps up to 18 hours a day on a eucalyptus tree. Do you know how comfortable a eucalyptus mattress must be then? Sheetsgiggles.com. You're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back. And here's the best part. The very first time you go to Sheetsgiggles.com, use promo code Zazlo. Z-A-S-L-O-W. You get 20% off 
your first order. Yeah, 20% off your first order. Sheetsgiggles.com, promo code Zaslow, sheetsgiggles.com. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal, we'll close things out like this. The NBA All-Star Starters were announced on Inside the NBA last night. Here's what we got for the Eastern Conference. Now, now remember, it's a mix between player voting and fan voting. It's weighted. For the East, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid. Now, for the East, I was surprised that Lillard got the start. He's not having the same type of season he usually has. Halliburton makes all the sense. I would have had Brunson. Jalen Brunson should be ahead of Damian Lillard. I think that's the beef you got there in the East. In the West, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic. I don't see any way to complain with those five guys. Seems that they got it right. right. You know, the complaining comes when the reserves are announced. And then, you know, like, oh, so-and-so got, 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 got snubbed. But then you don't say who they should have been in instead of. That's where I got a big problem with the commentary with this kind of stuff. Bam will likely be voted by the coaches as a reserve. I think Damian Lillard is not the right choice on the East. Probably should have been Jalen Brunson. But overall, I'm going not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? How about on the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast yesterday? He, you know, he, he takes tweets or emails. You know, like we do mailbag on Zaslow Show 2.0. Stephen A. Smith yesterday was sent a tweet asking him which Pokemon he would choose. At Randy underscore Vision writes, which one are you taking? Okay. He's like, what, what the hell are these? These are, what are these? Bulbazar? Bulbasaur? Whatever the hell it is. Shamander? Or the Squirtle? These are Pokemons. I guess that's what it is. I'm going to say... You know what I'm going to say? Shamander. That's who I would take. Because it reminds me of me because of the forehead. That's where I'm going to go. All right, I'm going big deal. That's an excellent job out of Stephen A. Smith. It, that kind of stuff, for a guy who does not come off likable because of all the yelling, you know, and the condescension, that type of stuff, he does come off very likable when he entertains that. And and I can tell you, I only know because my younger son, is he's like a Pokemon expert, Charizard. That's how you pronounce it. Charizard. So I'll go big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So Bill Belichick... Nobody wants him. I love it. Here's Ryan Clark on Get Up this morning. Well, anytime like a team goes on a three-game losing streak, Brian, all, all these guys, they're gonna have to answer the question about. Cause that's because you know, because we're stupid, right? <laughs> that that that's why. And we were stupid when Bill Belichick was agreed to mutually part ways from New England because we feed those stories, not the true people who are making the decisions, which is who I was thinking about when we were having this conversation two weeks ago. We look at Bill Belichick because legacy is our thing, right? The resume is our thing. History is his thing, not mine. He's way smarter than me. And so when you look at Bill Belichick, we were looking at all those things because you are the greatest coach of all time does not mean you're the best coach Right. right now. I'm going big deal because, number one, I love it because I'm biased and I don't like Belichick and I don't want him to pass Don Shula. But also, I just love how it's so painfully obvious now that it was all Brady. I I think Belichick's done. I don't think any... I, I think... 
I think it's embarrassing, and I brought this up last week on ESPN. If, you know, the, the greatest coach in NBA history, you know, Greg Popovich, which is certainly debatable, if he were a free agent, there wouldn't be a round of interviews. They would just hire him. The fact that Belichick is going through a whole rigmarole about being hired, and now you're going to get stuff leaked where he wanted this control, he wanted this control. That's his people putting that out there. Nobody wants him. I think he's done. This to me is a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, here's Luka Doncic last night. He was in studio with the crew at Inside the NBA, and Ernie Johnson's got to ask him about that shame of having the fan thrown out of the game the night before. Hey, I got to ask, I wouldn't be doing my job if it didn't ask when you get online today. You're all over the place for this, whatever happened in Dallas last night with the Phoenix Suns fan who you'd wanted out of there. What was what was the deal there, Luca? Yeah, I mean, it was the whole game, you know, a little bit. But uh, I was really frustrated, you know, we were losing. I twisted my ankle in the second half, so in the first half. It was just a lot of emotions. Uh, but yeah, uh, probably shouldn't have done that. So when I'm wrong, I admit it. So probably shouldn't have done that. But it was just the whole game going on. And you want me to show you what to do when somebody get on your nerves? <laughs> I was going to ask Chuck. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, don't hurt this man. He's got the All-Star game to play. He got a bad hill. He got a game. We got to beat the Hawks. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going big deal because I-, I don't understand how this is allowed. I don't understand how players have the authority to eject fans. If that's the case, if I'm, if I'm a-, a player and I see a fan who's cheering for the other team, I, I want him thrown out. If I see a player who's wearing the jersey of the other team, I, I want him thrown out. What, where is... I don't understand where we draw the line, and I don't understand why Luka Doncic and players have the authority to remove fans from games. So this is a big deal to me. It's an awful look from Duke Luka Doncic. It's an awful look for the NBA, a league that has gotten so very soft, and Adam Silver allows the players to run the show. This is a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes, we did it, everybody. It is Friday. We're gonna. I told you what the big games and the not big games are. We had great guests today. We got Royal Rumble tomorrow. So for all you folks who had to subscribe to a month of Peacock because the Dolphins and Chiefs, you got the cock now. You may as well use it. You got Royal Rumble on Peacock tomorrow night. There you go. You're welcome. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Make sure you listen tonight. I'm hosting Game Night on ESPN Radio alongside Q Myers from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. So I hope you hang out. We'll do a whole national kind of deal. You know the way it goes. So tonight, co-hosting Game Night ESPN Radio alongside Q Myers, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. I hope you guys listen. Thanks, everybody who hung out with us today. Thanks, of course, to everybody behind the scenes who always helps put together a great show. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 on Monday. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. 
Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. 